This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. Hello and welcome to another Monday episode of It's Not You, It's Them, But It Might Be You with me, la la la, let me explain. And I have been in the trenches with this demonic cold. Apparently, I saw it on Lab Bible, loads of Brits have been taken down with this horrific worst cold of all time. But anyway, because I've been at home, being ill, in my sick bed, I've been watching a lot of TV. And who has watched Escaping Twin Flames on Netflix? If not, well, watch it. It's about these two grifters who go online to exploit lonely, rejected, heartbroken people. People who were suffering and went online to Google search the best way to heal from heartbreak or missing an ex. And they were met with reassurance that the heartbreak would end when they finally managed to get back their twin flame. These grifters believe that we all have this one twin flame in the world who is like our soulmate. There's nobody else that should exist for us. It's them. And that if you're feeling overwhelming sadness from a breakup, it's because you are not currently in your true union with your twin flame. And people end up paying thousands and thousands of pounds, dollars, to these like schemes and courses run by these grifters that help that that make them feel like they're going to get their twin flame back and their heart's going to not be broken anymore. But actually, it really is the start of grooming into a cult, a cult that convinced these people that they just have this one twin flame and that they should pursue that person no matter what. And actually, this has led to many of the 38,000 strong cult members going to jail, changing gender in order to appeal to their twin flame. All sorts. Madness. You have to watch it. But what it made me remember watching it myself was that we are so vulnerable when we are heartbroken and it's so easy to take poor advice online. You know, when you're heartbroken, you feel awful. You feel unwell with it. You feel like this is never going to end. And you're like, I need some help. I really need somebody to tell me what the fuck to do here. So because there's so much poor advice online, I wanted to dedicate a whole podcast to heartbreak so you can get tips here instead of accidentally joining an online cult. Do you know that poem by Michael Rosen? If you've got kids, you probably know it. We're going on a bear hunt. Well, that literally reminds me of heartbreak. You know that whole, you can't get over it, you can't get under it, and you can't get under anyone else, but we'll get to that. You have to go through it. You have to go through it. And that's the worst part of it because I get so many messages from people asking me how they can get over heartbreak. 
is so painful. They want a pill or a magic wand, a quick fix, anything that's going to take away the overwhelming agony, the sadness, the constant ruminating, the sickness, the anxiety, the all-consuming nature of it. But the fucked up annoying thing is, there isn't one. There is not a quick fix. You just need to learn how to ride it out in the least painful way possible. And I'm hoping that I can help you with that today. So what is it? I think sometimes when we're going through heartbreak, we can almost feel a bit pathetic, a bit like, God, this is just the end of a relationship. Nobody's died. But recent research has found that people who've recently been through a breakup experience similar brain activity when shown photos of their ex as they do when they are in physical pain. Researchers concluded that rejection and emotional and physical pain are all processed in the same regions of the brain, triggered by stress hormones like cortisol, adrenaline and noradrenaline. And according to a study from anthropologist Dr. Helen Fisher, when humans fall in love, the regions of the brain that are rich in dopamine, which is obviously the neurotransmitter that plays a key role in us feeling pleasure, they light up and parts of the brain that are used in fear and social judgment are operating at lower rates. The surge and decline of our hormones in our brains when we experience a breakup are also similar to those felt when withdrawing from addiction to drugs. You would never look at somebody coming off heroin and be like, oh, you're absolutely pathetic. Why, why are you not taking quicker to get over this? But we often look at people or ourselves in heartbreak and think that. But it's almost the same thing. It's like withdrawing from an addiction. The pain felt during a breakup has appeared on MRI scans as similar to the physical pain felt with a severe burn or a broken arm. Heartbreak is also the same as grief. When we lose somebody, when we are bereaved, when we are mourning the loss of a loved one, we go through very similar hormonal reactions and emotional reactions. And anyone who studied social work like me will have definitely done a module on Elizabeth Kubler-Ross. Kubler-Ross wrote On Death and Dying, which was a 1969 book in which she devised the five stages of grief. The five stages that commonly people go through when they are experiencing the death of a loved one. And those stages are denial, anger, bargaining, depression and acceptance. And actually, this is exactly the same stages that we go through with heartbreak. I read this really interesting Medium article by a grief therapist. And she said that actually the stages are the same, but the difference is that in death, you have no choice. In death, it's almost easier to cope with because there were no other options. Whereas in breakup, you watch them live out the future that you plan together. So there is also this extra added layer of weird pain, you know. It's real and you're not stupid for feeling heartbreak. There's no set time path for it to run on. You might take 10 steps forward and 15 back. Your brain still thinks you live in caveman times and that you will not survive without your pack. You wouldn't expect someone to hurry their grieving process, so give yourself the same grace for your heartbreak process. And don't feel stupid if the heartbreak isn't over a big substantial relationship. Your heart can break after a brief situationship just as much as a 20-year marriage. You can actually feel like this after knowing someone for a day. It can set off that deep, heartbreak, lonely, horrible feeling, that deep core sadness of I will never be seen and I will never be loved, that sense of true unworthiness, the same old story. 
My worst heartbreak was when my first love, who I met in 1999, went to jail in 2003 and received a 13-year sentence. That was heartbreak like I'd never experienced. I was only 21. I went raving to try to heal, obviously, and I remember just crying on the dance floor. We went back to an after party and I sat by myself sobbing. I couldn't fathom how life could ever be okay again. And I felt the same when my son's dad and I separated when I was pregnant. And it was even worse then because of all the pregnancy hormones and the impending dread of being left as a single mother facing a pregnancy alone. I was so sad and so broken. I never thought I'd ever recover. It set off that deep rejection thing in me and I've never felt more alone. I moved back to my mum's when I was five months pregnant and it's the best thing I could have done. I felt utterly broken and inconsolable about all of those men. And now I wouldn't spend an hour with any of them if you paid me. Apart from my son's dad, obviously, he's cool. But I absolutely do not love him or even feel one tiny bit of sense of loss, regret or heartbreak for him. I'm completely healed in a way that I wouldn't have believed I could have been if you'd have spoken to me at any of those times when I was heartbroken before. Time really is the biggest healer. It is the only magic wand. And time will eventually make it go away as long as you spend that time doing right by you and looking after yourself. So let's have a look at some of the do's and don'ts for dealing with heartbreak, the best ways to get through it. And we'll start with don'ts so that we can finish on the more positive do's. So don't go to social media pages that promise you that they will heal you or tell you the secret to getting your man or your person back if you just pay them $200 for this online course. Don't get sucked in by anything that makes crazy promises to heal you quickly for a quick fee. The Twin Flames documentary is a real lesson on this, on how easy it is to get sucked in in your vulnerable times by somebody online who sounds legit. In fact, those people in that that documentary don't actually even sound legit. I don't know how people have got sucked into that, but some of them really do. You see it all over socials. Sign up to this course to find out why your lover is pulling back. Just avoid anything that is requiring you to spend any money. Nothing can make you heal quickly. Don't buy into any ridiculous promises. Do not seek revenge. Revenge is salty, not sweet. It can be so fucking tempting to to revenge the shit out of this person. It's much more vengeful to walk away as if you don't care. The best revenge absolutely is moving on with your head held high. I know that is so cliched, but it is. You know, if you'd ended it with somebody or done something awful to someone and they were acting like a fucking lunatic, slashing your tyres, posting baked beans through your letterbox or whatever, then you're going to be like, what, that is a fucking nutcase. I'm glad I left them. If they just moved on and lived their best life, so much worse revenge. There's a lot happening these days. But I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters, without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the 7 most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about 7 minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. 
Know that fizzy feeling you get when you read something really good, watch the movie everyone's been talking about, or catch the show the internet can't get over? At the Pop Culture Happy Hour podcast, we chase that feeling five times a week. We talk about the buzziest movies, TV, music, books, and more. From lowbrow to highbrow to in-between, catch the Pop Culture Happy Hour podcast from NPR. Do not get fucked up. Getting absolutely obliterated can feel super tempting, but it is the last thing that we should do. It will make us feel 10 times shitter for the next few days than we already do. If you're going to have a bender, if you feel like I fucking need this, I need to get it out of my system, then make sure you keep it as that, like one big blowout. Watch out for what becomes your coping mechanism. Do not let it be substances. If they become a crutch, speak to someone, your GP, Alcoholics Anonymous, Narcotics Anonymous, etc. It can be very easy after a breakup to start relying on the things that make you feel better. You know, you have a drink when you get home from work and that numbs the pain and it just makes things feel a bit easier. But eventually it will make things feel so much fucking harder. You do need that dopamine. You know what I mean? Dopamine will be really good to you after a breakup, but you need to try to find it in ways that make you feel good, not from short-term fixes that will ultimately just make you feel rough and yuck. Do not get under one person to get over another. Someone told me to do that once when I split up with my baby father briefly in 2008. A woman was commenting on his Facebook and it was so clear that he was messing around with her. This was a few years before we had our son. So my mate told me that infamous quote and went on and on about how important it was to just have fun with a brand new person to feel hot and desired again and also take a bit of revenge, you know? And we were drunk when she told me this. I got home, texted a guy I knew from college who I'd always had a flirtation with and he came over. And I was excited, but then as soon as he entered the fucking house, I instantly regretted it. The second he walked through the door, his head shape gave me the ick. But it was nothing to do with his head shape. I was heartbroken and I was still in love. And this guy's big head and stupid face were making me miss my man intensely. We didn't end up hooking up. I asked him to leave. I couldn't bear to look at him and I just needed to cry. I got back together with my son's dad shortly after. And I probably shouldn't have, to be honest. But the whole idea of getting under someone else to get over another is just fucking nonsense. The most likely thing that's going to do is make you miss the familiarity of your ex, make you feel weird and horrible. Of course, some people have had, you know, great experiences with getting under another person, but I highly do not recommend it. Do not go on to dating apps. In a similar vein, if any one of your stupid friends who've been married for 15 years suggests that after a breakup you should go on dating apps to make yourself feel better, do not listen to them. You will feel so fucking depressed. It is a soul-destroying place to be at the best of times. Wait until you're in a good place with high self-esteem before you enter onto the apps to meet your fucking fate, you know? If you're feeling low and rejection is killing your fucking vibes, then dating apps are a really fucking risky, risky place to be. Do not keep pursuing or obsessing. Looking at pictures, sentimental memories, reading back over your conversations, stalking their socials, all of that kind of stuff that we can do after breakups and when we're heartbroken is likely to create dopamine surges in your brain that relate to those feelings of craving and withdrawal. And it'll keep you hooked. It's a toxic cycle that will hold you back and keep you in a negative state around that person. And do not pursue someone who doesn't want to be pursued. 
If it's them who ended it and you didn't want that, remember that trying to beg them back will have the absolute opposite effect. Give them space. Block, delete, move on. Cold turkey is usually the best way. And now on to the do's. What can we do to make ourselves feel better when we're riding out heartache? Do be around people who love you. Seek out your pack. Obviously, be mindful and check that they've got space for you to offload, but make sure you do. Talk it out. Be with people, especially if you were a bit isolated from friends while you were in the relationship, whether because of abuse or because you both just went completely into each other like you sometimes do in relationships. Don't feel ashamed to reach out, to apologise for your absence if you need to. And move back to your mum's if that's the best place for you. It might not be and it might not be an option, but if you can, why not? Just take opportunities for human contact and community. Support groups, make new friends, join New Circle Society run by Sophie Milner. I think it's New Circle Society on Insta. Uh, Bumble BFF or come to a patron party of mine. Sign up, come to the female-only parties. You are guaranteed to meet beautiful, amazing people there. And do seek dopamine. You need it but get it from wholesome shit if you can, like exercise and dancing. Dancing helps me a lot. Silent discos in my kitchen with my AirPods, they they really do significantly change my life. Running, walking, zooming around, watch something that makes you laugh, listening to a song that gives you joy, do something that gives you that dopamine hit that you need that doesn't involve that other person or that doesn't involve fucking drugs or getting fucked up or shagging some random Do write a list of negatives and return to them when you start looking back with rose-tinted glasses. Just write full stop. Journal out your thoughts and feelings. Get a pen and a paper or write on your laptop and just write. It is a form of therapy that you can give to yourself. It can really help you to process and make sense of things. And it also gives you something to look back on and to see your progress and to see where you were a month ago or two months ago. It's just a really good thing to do. Do see singledom as a positive because it is singledom is liberating enjoy it while it lasts I also asked my followers on Instagram for their heartbreak tips and I wanted to share some of them too unregrettably Leah said live like a hobo tramp for a few months go to the gym every day eat well and come back sexy as fuck and glow up And you know what? This is so great. There is actually something about going all butters and gross for a while, you know, like really, and I don't mean really self-neglecting. I mean, look after yourself, still wash and whatever, but don't, you you, you know, just come a bit there. And then when you kind of emerge out of your cocoon, like a butterfly feeling all great again, it helps you to just tackle the world better, you know, go and get your hair cut or just do something and get a really nice new jacket or get your nails done or whatever re-emerge as a butterfly feeling fucking great after a period of being a hobo I love that one Shona underscore land said take as good care of your health as you can fitness good food no booze I really do think there is something really so in that about when your mind is in such a horrible dark place if we can give ourselves that love to our bodies and try and stay as healthy as we can and try to look after ourselves it will help us along so much better 
M. Tom said, it hurts. You've got to spend some time sitting with it and then draw a line in the sand and try to move on. You know what? It is so hard, but there really does have to come that point where you just get bored of talking about the same points over and over again. But you need to do it. You need to get it all out. You need to get to that point where you're like, I I fucking replayed this situation 4,000 times. It's out. I've journaled it. It's gone, you know? But keep doing that until it is out. But then make that concerted effort to accept it and close the lid. So my final do is be messy. Do let it all out. Do see this as your time to be the main character in your life. Indulge in it. Wallow in it and then accept it and go forward. You've got this. I've got you. We've got you. We've all been there. You've probably been there before and you got through it. And if this is the first time, I promise you, you'll be okay. You're not alone and your heart will stop aching. And there's probably more to come at some point in your future. I mean, I kid. Well, actually, I'm not really kidding. There probably is. It's life. Embrace the emotions. Listen to my ick podcast on a Friday to take your minds off it. In fact, all my podcasts, actually. And join my lives on Instagram on a Thursday and send in your story of what they did to you if you really can't get over it. And we'll all tell you what a fucking twat they are in my comments. You will be okay. So I hope that's helped. Head over to my Instagram. I'll do some chats about heartbreak today so we can all share our heartbroken info and hopefully recover and heal and help each other to recover and heal. Anyway, I love you. Even if that bastard doesn't. La la la, let me explain. This has been a Sony Music Entertainment production.